From Dapper Devil Productions, this is BYOB News. I'm your host, Chris Barlow. And like most people, I got into college the old-fashioned way. Uh, too many extracurriculars, Adderall, and uh, debt. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I used self-medication instead of the prescription kind, but the point still stands. Many of us this week learned that we were working way too hard because our parents could have just become millionaires and bought our way into college for us. Uh, I personally would have preferred that, and I think my guest would have too, but she is going to tell me what I don't know about this story, and then we are going to play a drinking game about my favorite topic, Brexit, as we get caught up here on BYOB News. But first, the latest headlines from Chris in the booze room. With BYOB News in New York, I'm Chris Barlow. It's Thursday, March 21st, and these are this week's top stories. The United Kingdom, a country that once conquered a massive portion of the world, is teetering on the brink of chaos after a flustered white woman essentially demanded to speak with Parliament's manager and was then told in no uncertain terms that she will not be receiving a third refund. I'm talking, of course, about Prime Minister Theresa May, who, yes, faced yet another setback this week after Parliament's nonpartisan rule keeper, the Speaker of the House, decreed that she could not put her twice-rejected Brexit deal up for a third, surely-to-be-rejected vote without substantial changes. That ruling means the UK could crash out of the EU with no deal in less than 10 days, unless all 27 European heads of state agree to Britain's last-minute request for an extension. It's a terrifying political predicament, but also the perfect pitch for a new reality dating series where, follow me here, one unlucky-in-love leader attempts to woo 27 eligible heads of state in a perfect union of divorce. Well, moving from a metaphorical disaster to a literal one, Boeing has told airlines that it plans on releasing a software update for its grounded fleet of 737 MAX jets. This comes after a Seattle Times expose revealed a troubling lack of oversight in the plane's development, and other sources are reporting similarities between the black box data in this month's Ethiopian air crash and last year's Lion Air disaster. Aviation experts say that if this problem can't be resolved by a software update, then Boeing may have no choice but to unplug their planes and then plug them back in. Hmm. Well, with Europe in crisis, white supremacy and terrorism dominating the news, and reports indicating renewed nuclear activity in North Korea, President Trump spent the week attacking the single greatest threat to American democracy a zombie invasion led by John McCain. While I should say Trump technically did not specify that the late Arizona senator would lead a chilling revolt of the undead, he did spend several days attacking the deceased McCain on Twitter, and honestly, is there any other rational explanation for that? I, I don't know. Well, checking in with the race for the White House, Senator Elizabeth Warren continued to make headlines this week after announcing her desire to eliminate the Electoral College. But unfortunately for progressive activists, Warren stunned her supporters by suggesting that the college be replaced with the divine wisdom of King George. Hmm. 
Well, finally, taking a look at business news this week, yesterday marked the official completion of Disney's $71 billion acquisition of large parts of 21st Century Fox, a move that comes just in time for Donald Duck to replace Jussie Smollett on Empire. To get the latest on these stories and more, be sure to subscribe to the BYOB News Letter at byobnews.wtf. For now, that's all the news from the booze room. Back to you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I am here once again with one of my favorite contestants, Kate Fisher. Welcome back to the podcast. Long time no see. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, I do drink heavily when I uh, consume the news. So you might have been on very recently or it might just feel like you've been on very recently because there's been a lot to drink about. So much to drink about. I mean, there's always a lot to drink about, but when this story broke... This big story, <laughs> the big story you brought this week, I am, you were the first person I thought of. It's true. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but first, we have to find out what order we are going to address our stories in, and that means it's time for a pop quiz. So, here is my first pop quiz question today. If you get this right, you will go first. If you get this wrong, I will go first. How does that sound? It, it's unexpected, but exciting. I know. I didn't <laughs> warn you. I just said there'd be a surprise. Okay. Pop quiz. All right. All right. I can do it. Pi Day was last week. You know about Pi Day. Yes, yeah. I do. Pi Day, uh, March 14th. Pi Day was last week, and Google celebrated by announcing that one of their employees has calculated Pi to a record 31 trillion digits. Did you hear about this? No. Oh, this is true. She calculated Pi to 31, 31 trillion. trillion digits okay. using, like, the cloud. So, of course, Google was very excited to tell us. So, that is impressive, yeah. But technically, it's unnecessary because even NASA cuts off Pi after how many digits, okay? Is it A, four digits? So, that'd be, like, 3.1415. That's it. B, 40 digits. Or C, 400 digits. Oh, I get to answer yeah. now. Well, I think which, for, which if it's it? NASA, yeah. I, I'm going to go with NASA's using 400. Oh, I it's 40, so, right? It's 40. It's 40. It's 40. Uh. I know 400 sounds right, but no, I have to tell you, unfortunately, that's it. It was actually just 40. That's all they need. So Get it together, so, NASA. You know, 31 trillion fun, but who cares? And... I care because that means I get to go first and that means we're going straight in to a drinking game about my favorite topic, Brexit. Brexit. But but I should explain what we're drinking, why we're drinking. This is going to be a great time to get acquainted with a wine called a Meritage or <laughs> Meritage. It's heritage with an M. Meritage. Meritage. I got it. Yeah, it's supposed to sound like heritage, but... But with an M. But meritage. Or you might say meritage, because you want to sound fancy. And you might want to sound fancy, because it's a fake French wine. It, oh. You know, you've heard of Bordeaux? I've heard Bordeaux. of it. Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. This is American Bordeaux, which is not a thing, because Bordeaux has to come from... The Bordeaux, Bordeaux region in France. Right, yeah. right. So, okay. you know, um, American winemakers went, we want to call a, a thing a thing, so that we can be special, like those people... Ha ha ha. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just like Freedom Fries, we got Meritage or Meritage. Meritage. Take your pick. From the Napa um, Valley. From the Napa <laughs> Valley. And in fact, this is a very fine one because this is a Trader Joe's Reserve. Aww. Napa Valley Meritage 2017 from lot number 181, which I, I don't know the other 180 lots that came before it, but I 
a feeling 181 was kind of mediocre because it wound up getting sold to Trader Joe's for their their private label, uh, you know, which is typically the the runoff, the extra. Yes. Uh, but I I can't wait to feel extra about it when I tell you why I chose it. Tell me. Because if Brexit drives a major wedge between England and the EU. They might not be able to get their Bordeaux, and so they might have to settle for Meritage. And wouldn't that be sad for the, the you know, British wine people? I'm sure they'll have other things to worry about, I but like I feel like I'd like to list. think that their access to Bordeaux and maybe a good Rioja is keeping them up at night right now. It would keep <laughs> me up at night. Well, obviously. But I'm a simple man with simple desires, like a, a quick sip of wine. Before we play this game, where I'm going to ask you three questions about Brexit and the latest developments, you may not know the answers, but together we'll find out. And as an added twist... Oh. I wanted to make this, like, uh, something popular so that we, too, could be popular. And I chose Netflix's Choose Your Own Adventure series, um, which they say they're going to do more of after the, the Black Band- Mirror one. Oh. Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Um, so this is um, Brexisnatch. <laughs> and uh, you have to just imagine that you are in uh, the shoes of this character. You are making these decisions for... Uh, Am I Theresa May? Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Cheers. You're Theresa May. Oh, I am no. um, so sorry. Uh, drink to that. <laughs> but at least this is a little spicy and uh, uh, challenging on the palate. Like Just a... like I've heard Teresa is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're ready for question one. Teresa, I want you to imagine your country is going through a very difficult time. They voted for something they don't completely understand, and they are going to leave a massive customs union in order to stop the free flow of immigration from mainland Europe. But they also want to continue to have access to trade with Europe. So do you, A, propose a Norway-style solution where your country will have to follow most EU laws but will benefit from the open market and free trade? Will you be end access to the open market in exchange for total control over your borders? Okay. Or C, propose something that's basically both of those things and hope no one notices that they're fundamentally incompatible. Just to clarify, I am yeah. Theresa you May. You are Theresa I am actually, May. Oh, it's I, C. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You got just, it right. Correct. I'm like, wait, is this I, a fake will, thing or is I, this what actually happened? What would you have chosen of those three options? I... B? Which one was the one where we closed the borders? It was A? I don't know. You there's don't no know. Good, because there's no choice. good answer here. <laughs> it's British uh, Sophie's choice. Exactly. And that's what they're realizing as they barrel towards this deadline with uh, no happy agreement in sight. Uh, basically, Theresa May keeps proposing the same deal over and over again with the dreaded Irish backstop. And uh, the Irish backstop... Uh, continues to be a problem that prevents the hardline Brexiteers from supporting it, but also it continues to be too hard of a Brexit for the softline Brexiteers, and then there's, like, other people who don't want to leave at all, so, you know, complicated. Makes me feel better about living in Trump's America, I'll tell you that. Doesn't it? You know, (laughs) I'm not saying schadenfreude is the only reason I enjoy this story so much, but um, um, who am I kidding? It's like a solid... 87%. 87%. But again, you might feel differently after being in Theresa May's shoes, which brings us to question number two. Your backstop proposal has been defeated in Parliament twice, Theresa. Do you A. 
Propose a third vote because you think a looming deadline will change people's minds at the last minute. Or B, propose a third vote because things are always funnier in threes. So A. Correct. That is technically the correct answer. <laughs> Teresa May. I, I wanted to say B though. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, B assumes that Teresa May has taken Improv 101 at UCB. <laughs> and I don't know if she has. Although if she ever spent a summer interning at like Condé Nast, I bet she would have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? I uh, believe it. I ship uh, it. You know, so we are on our way to this third vote on the same deal that got rejected twice. So that, that feels like great. Great, but we've also rejected some other things. So now I want you to uh, take yourself out of Theresa May's shoes. Take oh, a breather. Okay. It's it's tense, I know. Mm -hmm. And I, I want you to just be a member of parliament. Uh, sure. uh, you know, just any old member of parliament. Right. An MP, they call him. And so uh, you're an MP who just rejected both Theresa May's deal twice, and you also voted against leaving with no deal. So they've now voted against Theresa May's deal twice, and they have voted against leaving with no deal. And again, they have to leave by the deadline. So um, now that you have voted against both of those things, what do you do next? Do you A, vote in favor of a second referendum so the people can decide whether to leave or stay? B, do you vote in favor of uh, begging the EU for a few more months to sweat it out? Or do you see vote for snap elections to choose a new government? Ooh, you are just, you know, a I, I'm typical just, MP, just typical. average Joe, you know. Average Joe MP. I want to say B, but I think that's wrong. Oh, B, you are unfortunately correct. Oh. I have to do all the drinking on this one. Sorry. Though I think so will a lot of members of parliament because all, <laughs> all they're doing is forestalling the inevitable and it seems kind of crazy. Uh, but, you know, fun fact, the referendum was something they voted on, a second referendum. In between, like, no deal and uh, the deal we don't like, they were like, oh, what about uh, we ask for a delay and we have a second referendum? And you would think, at this point, there might be a lot of people who support that. It did not do well. And it's specifically because Jeremy Corbyn, who's the leader of the Labour Party, he's, mm. you know, wants to be prime minister, but he's not. He's their Nancy Pelosi, let's say, for lack of <laughs> ugh, any good comparison. Uh, and so he has asked his Labour Party, he asked them to abstain from voting against a second referendum or for it. So they just like voted present. They sat it out. They did not vote for or against, even though Jeremy Corbyn and his Labour Party recently came out in favor of having a second referendum. And he insists after this that he is still in favor of having a second referendum. But then if Labour had voted in favor of a second referendum, then there would have been enough people from the conservative side who voted with them that there would have been a second referendum. And we all know you can't be in favor of something if you let it pass or actually be accomplished, so. Can I drink even though I won? Yeah, Thank after you. that after one. After that, I need to. Uh -huh, <laughs> I'm like, uh -huh. can I? I'm hurting inside. Yeah. And I think that means we've both lost this game of Bander Brexit. Brexit snatch. Brexit snitch. <laughs> not brought to you by the Choose Your Own Adventure people, legally, that is a, a different series of books. Also not brought to you by Netflix, legally, that is a streaming service, then we are not. Uh, not brought to you by Black Mirror, although if Charlie Booker would like to be on this podcast, I am here. 
Uh, he is probably not, but we could do a Skype thing. I imagine he will drink something fun, and, uh, and after this word from our sponsors, we are gonna drink something very fun that you brought to tell me all about Operation Varsity Blues. Dun dun dun! <laughs> here on, uh, BYOB News. Go on. Kate, I have to ask, now that you know why I chose a meritage, a meritage, if you were holed up, uh, put yourself back in Theresa May's shoes mm. for a minute, you're trapped in 10 Downing Street, Theresa May, attacked on all sides by her enemies, her allies, uh, she needs a drink, man. And all she can get is this meritage because of the border and the stuff, the EU. Is she gonna be happy with this Trader Joe's Petite Reserve meritage? I don't think she's ever happy, but as far as, like, ah, as that goes, point. you know, I'm just, yeah, uh, it's good. You, it's a good wine. I like it. I'll go down to Union Square and get some. Sounds great. Um, I just had to picture uh, Theresa May in line at a Trader Joe's picking up some wine. You're and welcome. It, it somehow managed to be even more depressing than every other image of Theresa May currently <laughs> in existence. So we're going we're gonna to file that one away. Fair. And now we've got another wine to drink, and I'm excited because I think this one's going to pair really well with the story you're here to talk yes. about, Kate. So tell me, what did you bring, and why are you pairing it with this story? So I brought a bottle of Veuve Clicquot. Veuve Clicquot! which Teresa won't have access to, if all goes according to plan. God damn it. Um, I brought it for two reasons. Yeah. One, it's been in my fridge since New Year's, and we it was the extra <laughs> bottle yes. of champagne that never got opened, and I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity to open it, because what pairs better with a scandal, na a nationwide scandal about nationwide. the... You know, the country's elite. The elites. An elite champagne. An elite. <laughs> so the story you're here to talk yes. about, and I love that this is what you brought, is of course Operation Varsity Blues. Yes. I didn't pull that sound effect in time. No, so that there was actually, I can tell you that is legit, Chris. That, yeah, Operation Varsity Blues, real code name for this am amazing investigation what? where the FBI uh, uncovered a massive uh, ring, essentially, of college admissions bribery. Yes. Uh, uh, and, I, and more. And more. And, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. And so I've read a lot about this, but I think I barely know the beginning of it. And I've brought you on as someone who has some expertise in the college testing, college admissions world to tell me what I don't know. And the way this is going to work is simple. Every time you tell me something I don't know, we'll hear that sound and I will drink a little more and we'll see if I can still say <laughs> by the end of the segment. Fantastic. I love it. <sighs> we'll see how it goes. So tell me, what don't I know? Oh, gosh, that's so tough. Okay, what don't you know? So the kosher way for very, very wealthy people to get their children into elite universities for undergraduate education is to buy a building. Right, that's what I thought people <laughs> did. I thought that's what normal rich people did. That's totally kosher. Yeah. Because technically, you buy the building, there's no guarantee, but it's like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But what happened here is that there was this whole ring of coaches, athletic coaches, a college advisor, and then people brought in to doctor tests. 
Right. Yeah. This is almost like uh, an Avengers of, yes. of scammers or, or people from the college world. Like, yeah. no one piece of this would pull this off alone. It was the fact that all of these things could come together in this very bizarre yeah. way. And what's really interesting is if you go through the documents, like the 100-plus page uh, criminal complaint that BuzzFeed has available. I'm sorry, I have to... You blew my mind and I'll drink because it's, I didn't realize that this was brought to us by BuzzFeed. The cr actual criminal complaint. Is yes, from it's on our, BuzzFeed. Once again, BuzzFeed, both news and not news. So yes. what are we? BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. I mean, gr listen, I have read maybe north of 50 articles about this since the story broke. It's everywhere. I didn't it's hear everywhere. about it first on BuzzFeed. I, I had breaking news alerts on my watch telling Same. me that uh, that Felicity Huffman, yes. Felicity, Mrs. William H. Macy, I know. arrested. And also Aunt Becky. And Aunt Becky. So, Aunt Becky's out of a job. So the, I mean, they both are. <laughs> the problem is that I don't know if the story would have garnered such instantaneous national attention if it hadn't been able to lead with those two actresses. Yeah. Uh, which is really interesting. And then obviously it, it did the job because everyone's talking about it. It was all over late night. It was, it's everywhere. I actually found out like 10 minutes before that through a work email and being like, ah, and it was just like the one paragraph thing on ABC News. And then all of a sudden... And my it was basically get ready. Your phone's about to blow up with clients asking you, like, yes. what does this mean yeah. for me? I, oh, we didn't cheat. Yeah. What does this mean exactly. for me? Exactly. Yeah. No. And, and you bring up a really interesting issue. There are a lot of kids who work really hard to get the scores they get. Yes. And anyway, so let's backtrack because there are different prices for different services. So one really funny example is that it's 50 grand to doctor an SAT or ACT. But it's 75 grand for an SAT subject test. And what's the difference? An SAT subject test is one of the, like, extra SAT tests you could take on a particular subject. Right. So it's Math 2 or Math 1 or Math 2, U.S. History. And basically, those tests are more content knowledge. At the end of the day, the SAT and the ACT are strategy and skill-based. You need to know math, but there are, there are tricks, there are strategies. But if you go in to take a 90-question, multiple-choice U.S. history exam, you sort of need to know your U.S. history. Fair. So it costs more to doctor that test because this, this coach they had, or this Harvard grad turned tennis coach at IMG Academy, which is a sports academy in Florida. Uh, of course Florida's <laughs> involved. I have to drink. Of course. Uh, I guess, you know, the main guy would fly him, the, the coach, all over the country, the former tennis pro, because he had a really good mind for these standardized tests. Interesting. So he would go in either... With wow, I can't wait for, like, the Jesse Eisenberg character in the eventual movie version of this. That's the thing, Chris. It's Someone's already trying to option the movie rights. Oh. Somewhere out there, like... Damn it, you heard it here first on this <laughs> podcast. That's the sound of a copyright. <laughs> yes, it is. So this guy would either go sit with the kids and coach them, coach them, I'm using the word coach liberally, uh, through the exam, being like, nope, the answer to that one is actually A. Right. Or, uh, this is the part where I'm like, Operation Varsity Blues. He would wait until the test taker left and sneak in and redo their bubble sheet. Oh, that is 
clever. Right. And can But also like really picture... obvious. Yeah. Can I just say also not at all? No. But okay, sure, that is. Like, can't you clever. see him like in a cat suit, like sort of just like sneaking around, like like looking through like... with an eraser. So there is a contingent of students who did not know that their scores were doctored. Yeah, this is actually my favorite and and least favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a total monster. No. The kids don't fucking know. Most of them do. Olivia Jade. Oh, now I have to drink. I was full of awe. I built this up like it was the biggest deal ever. And then you're like, I know, they fucking knew. Kids today, they know everything. You're just gonna have to drink more. Well, do you know about Olivia Jade? No. Tell me. That's Lori. How do you say her last name? Lori Laughlin? Oh, uh, Aunt Becky. Yeah, Aunt Becky's daughter, real daughter. So tell me about Aunt Becky's real daughter. I didn't <laughs> know she had such a big role in this. So she, she has a big role in that her involvement is how high schoolers are becoming aware of the scandal. Because every student I saw this week asked me if I'd heard about it, and they had heard about it. They presented it to me as, did you hear about Olivia Jade? To the point where I said, who dat? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So so the old people perspective that we're throwing yes. down on this is, did you hear about Felicity Huffman and Aunt Becky? They are scammers extraordinaire. And then the young people version is, did you hear about Olivia Jade? She what? What so is the she Olivia is Aunt Jade Becky, angle? Do you know? Who, so Aunt Becky is married to the Target guy. Yeah. Okay. So she's their daughter. Wait. What Target guy? Like the head of Target or whatever. God damn yeah. it. Why are you blowing my mind so much I, today? I might not the be The head of Target? I was like, I was like, yeah, you Target. know, I thought, you know, yeah, the spokesman from Target. And then I was no. like, isn't that a dog or Maria Bamford? And then I was like, who is the Target guy? Yeah. Then I was like, is it the Verizon guy? Now he's the Sprint guy. <laughs> is it Thomas Middleditch? And I so I had to ask. And now I know that it's Aunt, Aunt Becky, Aunt Becky doesn't need to be on Fuller House. No. Aunt Becky, what? Why can't they buy the Target Your Home branch of the library at Cornell? Exactly. Why, why does Aunt Becky need this? So, and, and to go back to the library thing, at least if you buy a library, everyone gets to use it. <laughs> you know? Like, yes. Like, all the students get to use the library. No student gets to use the photoshopped, you know, athletic photos. Although that might be a way to make this up to some people is to release those in the public domain and say, have at it. You can now Photoshop yourself onto all of these uh, athletes uh, in the hopes that it gets you, uh, let's say, a job as an influencer on Instagram. And that's what Olivia Jade is. Olivia Jade. Of course she is. God damn it. (laughs) So Aunt Becky's daughter, Olivia Jade, and Olivia Jade's older sister were both admitted to USC through this scam as recruits for the crew team. Neither one of them has ever picked up a fucking oar. Of course, of course. As far as I know. Well, you know, what I found, you say that part of the reason people are really uh, fascinated by the story is the celebrities attached to Mm -hmm. it, and that is true. But one of the things that has fascinated me so much is the actual text they have from real uh, communications, wiretaps, Mm -hmm. uh, the way they built this amazing case. And... In so many of them, there are these moments where the kid doesn't know. That's what blows my mind. Also, is Olivia, imagine finding yes. out that you have been at school for potentially yeah. like two years now. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, you didn't really get in. Mm. And you might not be as smart as you think you are. 
But these kids are probably, even if they're not as smart as they think they are, they're not dumb. They would have no. gotten in somewhere. And this is a conversation I have a lot, I have with a lot of my students. They're like, well, I really want to go to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, you know, whatever. Insert yeah, the you know, elitist at, yeah. of the elite here. Top of the line here. And what I say to them is, you'll be surprised that you'll probably be happy wherever you end up. And this big label school or this name recognition school is not the be all end all. And let's be honest, a bachelor's degree isn't what it used to be. Nope. <laughs> so no, you can't, isn't. you know, and, and it's just, it, and I, that's what I tell them. I said, go to a smaller school where you're going to be a big fish in a small pond, then go to Harvard law. Wait yeah. for law school. You know, <sighs> As somebody who went to grad school, and, yes. and I don't want to talk about that too much because all Instagram and Twitter were this week were people mm. going, well, when I got into Yale, I just got in the old-fashioned way, like my parents went there. Mm -hmm. Or I got in because I'm perfect and I want you to know on Twitter. Uh, so again, I, I'm not perfect because I went to grad school and you are an idiot if you do that. <laughs> but... Uh, as somebody who went there, you know, once you go there, nobody cares where you went to undergrad because you went to grad school. And all they care about is where you went to grad school. I would agree with you, Chris. And I think what's important about this story and what's important about Operation Varsity Blues is that it's shining a light on a system that was corrupt long before this happened. And while I would love to discuss all the ills of society, um, because that's what we do on this podcast, I do want to make sure we have time for my favorite segment one where we drink more and get blown up more it's the lightning called round? the lightning round the lightning round with explosions with explosions let's do it my first story for the lightning round with explosions is the irish prime minister brought his boyfriend to meet vice president mike pence oh my god i <laughs> love that so much and i didn't know about it so i deserve to be blown up because i'm a bad gay How bad gay yeah, i mean but, but also, uh, it wasn't anywhere uh, except Business Insider. Well, you know, I guess Business Insider is <laughs> yeah. where I turn for all my yeah. hot Irish prime ministerial action. Yes. Um, wow. Yeah. I love that. And all I have to say is, um, slancha. <laughs> Suck it, Mr. Vice President. Right. Uh, I guess that can take me to my first Ooh. hot take for you, which is, Nancy Pelosi says she is not going to impeach the president. Some exceptions may apply. Consult the fine print. I don't believe anything anyone says ever anymore. Great. That seems fair. I'm right. Sorry. I have a really happy topic oh, good. to transition to. I feel like you're uh, lying. Would you? Yeah. Would you fly on a 737 Max? No, I would not. Okay, <laughs> I think that's the right answer because yeah, no, that's why they're not flying no, in the I air. Nobody knows, but we're all like, I, I feel like I'm just gonna rely I, on here's, trains. Here's right the reason now. I asked, the reason yeah. I asked yeah, is yeah. because before the FAA pulled mm. them from uh, North America, uh, when it was still like, you know, oh, uh, some countries are pulling it, some countries are like, no, it's fine. Um, websites like Kayak added a filter. That would let you filter out results that involved flying on a 737 MAX. And that is, to me, capitalism at its finest. That yes. is the market instantly intervening and going, we don't like this thing. And the rest of the world having to react to the whims of the market. So that's what I have for you. What do you have, Adam Smith? <laughs> uh, I'm going to read you this article title from The Times. Because... 
I'm just going to read it and then we can discuss it. Okay. Okay. Ready? I'm going to blow your mind right now. Blow my mind. TV writers of color and others face widespread bias, survey finds. What? I Like, why did there we need a is, fucking survey for that? There is bias <laughs> against people who aren't white heteronormative males. I, what? This what? article is basically what? a bunch of bullet points what? of, like, 73% what? they had remained in the same job for at least two seasons while white male staff members received two or even three promotions. Like, what are you doing, New York Times? Like, why is this, like, news? Like, fucking duh, right? Uh, duh. Well, uh, like, we needed a survey to prove uh, this? Uh, yeah. But, but then I'm like, well, we have to know the details to know what to fix and address. But also, like, why are we reporting the obvious? But also, like, somebody has to tell us when the problem is here and what to yeah. do about it. All of this just upsets me. And I, as a white man, want a writing job, and I'm never going to get one when this is the attitude. But also, I guess I don't deserve one, because this is the problem. It's me. And and if I'm the problem, I know the solution. Drinking. Oh, uh, I was like, uh, this is going to get dark. <laughs> oh, you were going? like, where are we going with where are we this? Go? Wait, oh I feel like I want to tell you a happy one. I like, have such bummers today. Sorry. Wow, uh, you're yeah. full of negativity. Yes. It is bringing me down, but Sorry. that's okay because I have another uh, lightning round with explosions oh topic God. for you. One last one yes. that really actually relates to what you're talking about um, because in addition to there being not enough writers of color in uh, writers' rooms all across entertainment, I, I, I don't just want to say TV. I want to say movies. I want to say theater. I want to say literally like everywhere... And one of those writers' rooms just closed because Netflix is not renewed. Yes. You already have the look on your face. You know, one day at a time. Right. Which is, God, it is such a great show. Yeah. They're getting a lot of backlash, though. Yeah, Netflix is getting a like lot a of Brooklyn backlash. I feel like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah, and, reboot. And literally, know? like, yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda was tweeting at NBC, mm. asking NBC if you love bringing back shows that have a built-in fan base. Here is a show with a built-in fan well, base. Well, he was actually on Brooklyn Nine-Nine last Very week. Very recently. Yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he played so, well, Amy Santiago's older brother. I, know, it was great. Wow, I watched well, it, like, you already before know I came. Everything I'm about so this sorry. story. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I'm I know, so sorry. There's nothing else for me to You're say. You're never going to have me on your podcast again. You know it all. <laughs> I, I, you just blew me away so, with your knowledge no. of this story. This has been, like, a very, like, I've not... Like half on purpose, half not on purpose. But this has been a very good episode, like for me specifically. You've been winning. I've been and winning. I've been losing. I needed a win though. Which so means thank you. I've had significantly more to drink than you have because you don't know. You don't know. You don't know where I'm coming from. But I'm probably coming from your local podcasting service. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify anchor you know wherever you found this podcast and as always you can find out more about the stories we talked about by subscribing to the byob newsletter at byobnews.wtf that is byobnews.wtf and i hope you are enjoying your own ob your your own booze uh but whatever you're enjoying uh join us again next week here on byob news thanks uh for joining me kate you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I won't be the guest again. I who hope. knows? At this rate, <laughs> Maybe this the is news just, like, is really up your alley. Knows. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. All we know is that it'll make me want to drink here on BYOB News. Yeah. Yeah.